Game Boys. Hey there, internet. Welcome to another episode of the Game Boys Podcast. My name is Lux and I'm your host. And joining me as always, he's fresh off his own Firefly, Firefly Funhouse match. It's Griffin Davis. <laughs> Dude, that's kind of what the, that's what it sounded like when I watched it. Now, for those who aren't, who are a part of the, the non-wrestling ilk like myself, um, there is still something you should watch. It's called the Firefly Funhouse, Funhouse match. Yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable. I am halfway through it right now, and and so it's John Cena versus, uh, I guess, Mysterio. It's uh, <laughs> John Cena versus Bray Wyatt, who now is like both sort of the host of a spooky kid show and also a monster. Yeah. Um, uh, so my my first question is: Is it was it edited like this on on television? Um, I looked the video I sent you. I don't think it's any different, but what makes you say that? Because it's edited pretty crazy on TV. Because there's no one finishes a goddamn sentence. Uh, it's it's like every moment is like cut up to almost. It seems like it's eluding the YouTube takedown of copyrights. Um, I didn't. And I'm that, but curious. Maybe maybe so. But the yeah. show, the video in itself, and the show was like pretty choppy. Like it would just jump between like. These like puppets talking to John Cena. Oh, yeah. And then, it's insane. Like, weird like cuts to like old NWO footage or whatever. It's um, it's it's perfect. It's 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 like um yeah, it's like if Hercules fought Doctor Strange. Like Hercules <laughs> yeah, like not, not even in the same franchise, and like Hercules has no shot. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like so confused the whole time. Because basically the match is like this weird journey through like John Cena's career through the eyes of like spooky Bray Wyatt. And yes. so it's just like keeps putting him in like old John Cena situations, and then like making them like weird and like uncomfortable and like David Lynchy. Um, it's like, I mean, it's oh, like Rory who was going to be our guest today, but sadly couldn't make it because of tech problems. Uh, he just was like, this is the end of Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, <laughs> and it basically is. It's also the same as like Metal Gear Solid 4. It's just like, this dude confronting all the past versions of himself and then like slowly falling apart. Yeah. The difference is that this makes more sense. Yeah, that's true. Well, there's, <laughs> there's just like somehow for once there's like less lead in to this. Than there is like, that's almost never true with wrestling, but this time. Yeah. It yeah is. I, I've really, I've really, uh, I've, I've never seen John Cena look so powerless. You know, yeah, it was oh, really, no, no one has. And it was really sort of scary to see sort of the 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 beautiful raw testament of human brawn going up against um, a sinister multiverse of evil magic. Uh, really, he had no chance. Uh, I'm excited to finish this match. Yeah, it's pretty uh, wild. They apparently to watch during this quarantine. Apparently, yeah, definitely worth watching. Apparently, John Cena like wrote a lot of the match. Um, apparently like Bray Wyatt That's like amazing. sent him the original version and then he was like, we got to make this even weirder and then like punched it up and made it like even more crazy. Yeah. Honestly, this is, this is his magic mic. Fuck Channing Tatum. Yeah. Channing Tatum was like, how do I, how do I get chicks out of a movie? And, and John Cena's like, uh, how do I, how do I, uh, think about the, the meta universe of my career? Yeah. John Cena was like, how do I express my anxiety that I might be a fraud? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Cena out here having imposter syndrome like a brave fucking poster. That's incredible. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Man, all of, I know you didn't watch all of it, but I just really want to say like all of WrestleMania is really fucking crazy to watch because it's all pre-taped in an empty arena. So like yes. two things are really weird. One is everyone still out of habit plays to the hard cam, which is like where the crowd usually is. Um, but there's just no one there. So it's really right. weird when people like hit a move and then stare out at, at nothing. And the other thing is since there's no audience sounds, all of the wrestling audio is really clear. So right. you like super can hear all their weird sounds that they're like making and also like hearing, <laughs> you can hear them talk to each other. It's picking up stuff that it normally wouldn't pick up. Oh, hugely. Like you'll just hear like, oh, uh, like there was a stretch where I was watching it um, and I was also in a discord chat with some people and they were picking up a little of the audio and they were like, are you watching porn? Um, because it was this women's tag match and every, like every five seconds of someone being like, Oh, uh, ah. um, it's like all the, all the revealed audio, uh, between all, all of the, all the people is just them like debating, like who the best character in Downton Abbey is. Yeah. Like, totally. It's a completely side conversation. Yeah. Like big show just choke slam someone is like, it's the countess. Don't you ever tell me anything different? Oh <laughs> um, yeah. But it's really fucking crazy. And if you have the opportunity to like go on the WWE network or find some stuff on YouTube, it's like worth checking out just cause it's a real good microcosm of how fucking weird everything is right now. <laughs> 
They more than anyone, they have the finger on the pulse of this virus. Um, yeah, them and fucking uh, AEW, which apparently has been taping their shows uh, in secret at various locations in states where like public gatherings aren't allowed, but they're like just not telling anyone, like sneaking into these oh, venues. I thought that was UFC guy. I think UFC is doing that too, but also AEW. U- like- UFC, no, UFC guy is 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 like renting Epstein Island to like to like do matches on. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that's fucking wild. I I think that is actually the new. That is like the new. Um, uh, Bloodsport Island. Uh, that's that's actually like uh, where where people fly uh, to battle now. I mean, it went from one classic rich old person perversion to another. Like it used to just be like little kid sex, and now it's watching grown men kill each other, which are mm-hmm. like you know if he that goes all the way back to the Roman Empire. Yeah, and in my opinion, that area should be where they test like new bombs. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that should be that should be our generation's bikini atoll. Um, that's probably what we need to do with it. Um, but yeah, so that's something that I've been up to. But you mentioned uh, you mentioned Metal Gear Solid, and oh boy, have I been Metal Gear Soliding into the future with Death Stranding? Holy shit! It's so good, right, dude? It's so fucking good. We talked about this game when it first came out, but I only played a few hours of it because we were doing so many new games. But now I'm really digging in, and I gave it a I gave it a perfect score last year, and for once, my intuition was a hundred percent right. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's incredible. And it, you're right. Like, like, okay. First of all, they they gaslit Kojima so hard on this game. <laughs> what were the they? biggest takeaways from all before this game came out? What was like the popular consensus? One, the game wouldn't make any sense. Okay, it's the clearest game he's ever made. Yeah. Oh has, my god. Compared compared to like Metal Gear Solid Four, right? Where yes. it's just like you're having like an existential crisis while like also. There's this convoluted weapons trade deal going on and also yeah. like 55 other. Th- yeah, this is like it's incomparable how much easier to follow this is in like basically any game he's made in a decade. Yeah, yeah. Metal Gear Solid 2 is like, yeah, uh, techno futurism and George Bush is like, what the fuck is going on? Um, but uh, this one is incredibly simple story. I know everything that's going on aside from things that are clearly supposed to be mysteries that will be more elaborated on. Uh, I love the story. And then B, what was the other biggest takeaway from the game? That it was going to be boring to just walk around. It couldn't be farther from the truth. Uh, exploring this world is insane. It's um, it's so good. And it's like, I mean, we talked about this when we did the review, but like the way the game kind of shifts your mechanical and like gameplay priorities as you go keeps yes. it from ever getting boring, even in places where like it seems traditionally boring. Like, like we talked about, like there's that like walking sim section but that's like has enough mechanics, enough weird stuff going on that it's challenging. And then once that would get boring, they're just like, hey, here, have robot legs. And like, it's not. Oh, God. When you anymore. get the robot legs, it's like, oh, no, this game is going to take care of us. Incredible. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it, it, <laughs> if it were the same game, but it didn't give you things like that, then like, yeah, obviously it'd be a fucking mess. But like, he's good at making games. So the game is good. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, I mean, I just didn't feel the magic with Metal Gear Solid 5 like I do with the the landscapes of, of this game for whatever yes. reason. And like, I want to explore the areas here uh, because each one presents a new interesting challenge every new area you travel to has a slightly different type of terrain challenge that's like incredible all on its own yeah um and just like the the every new area unlocks like new ways to be creative with how you do it whether it's like building motorcycles or trucks or zip lines and bridges and like all that shit like is like layering on top of itself into like a nice like cake of different stuff yeah uh, that you can do uh and and that fucking rocks so then what was the third takeaway from this game before it came out uh kojima talked a lot about being uh, a first game of its kind a strand type game uh and everyone laughed being like kojima is absolutely dumb uh no right again (laughs) uh the internet of this game is crazy basically if you haven't played this game it's about 
carrying the internet across America. You're basically the new CEO of Time Warner Cable, and you're going from uh, village to village, uh, you know, uh, throttling their upload speeds. No, no, you're giving them internet. Yeah, and, you're and dropping internet... off tubes. So when you cross through a new terrain, it's tough. It's difficult. Uh, all sorts of uh, things are unknown that you have to discover and deal with as you get through it. But then once you get to the other side and you get to a village and you plant that internet stake in, it opens up the the land to all the other players from uh, other copies of Death Stranding that have been playing that zone, all the bridges and all the ladders that they've left behind. And all of a sudden, like the zone becomes like easier to, tra to traverse and friendlier. And like, there's like this weird, like social connection where you're all building things to help each other. Right. You like, you get this cool thing where like you robot legs through like a crazy valley and then climb up a mountain and zip line down and then like ride a truck around this long road to get to a place. And then you put the thing in and all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's a bridge, there's stairs here, there's ladders. And like, you know that all of the convenience and ease of like quality of life stuff you're getting is because other players made those choices. And yeah. so there's like this communal asynchronous multiplayer that makes the game like it's really it's really smart in the sense that the game is largely about the idea of connection. And you're drawing all these weird connections to people who not only you don't know, but like. You're never going to interact with ever. Like the only interaction you're going to have with these guys is like, oh, cool. Like Daryl 46 left me a ladder. Mm -hmm. Like, and, but that's enough. Like that feels but, connected. But you're like, thank you, Daryl. Yeah. Daryl, without you, I would be lost. Without you, it would take like, me an hour and a half to get across <laughs> this valley. And instead it takes me two minutes. Like, and, and I think that's the difference between that. And I guess what some people compare it to like what they did in Dark Souls games where you can leave messages and hints. But like all this shit in Dark Souls is like, broken English that like I just I barely read any of it I'm just like haha yeah some idiot left a message here and half the Dark Souls people like the, the are lying are lying <laughs> or like pranking you in some way or trying to like yeah. relive some weird inside joke yeah um and this is like you can't do that anything you leave behind is gonna be somewhat helpful or at least somewhat interesting to the people right uh, like even if you do like uh, a friend of mine just like tried to build like ladders all the way up a bunch of different mountains like even that is stupid um, and yeah. silly, but like it leaves now the next person to play that area can just go up a mountain like pretty free of charge. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, I've been I, my personal contribution to the landscape has been um, building the freeway. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's I'm huge. Building that freeway, baby. Like because there's nothing better than coasting down that shit. Yeah. Like it like like it is like the first time you get on the freeway after just hoofing it and tripping over rocks for hours, you're just like, oh, baby, like I'm a wild hog. Yeah. When you're just <laughs> ripping on the motorcycle down the freeway or down the highway, it's so fucking sick. <laughs> It's oh, kicks ass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had this incredible moment um, because it's 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 it goes so much farther than just like notes and like um, leaving a ladder. There, there's all sorts of new uh, ways that I've been like that the, 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 the signs you leave yeah. um, give you experiences. Like I went on this side quest where uh, you had to go to the giant waterfall. Um, and at the bottom of the waterfall are these like materials that are like strewn on both sides of this massive riverbed where the like the waterfall going in uh, and the water's really deep and if you fall in it you'll like die and drown but players had left a very specific like segment of signs through the entire river that if you crawled through were just shallow enough to get you to the other side yeah and, shit like, like that is the best each sign is like you can do it like keep going okay, and it's like rules. i'm just God, I'm, I'm just like it. I'm like just like slowly like following these signs, just like blind faith, just like going for it. And it just like it was awesome. So it was really cool. So how far are you in the game? Like story and mechanics? Well, like where where are you? Yeah. Right now? So um, basically, uh, I'm 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 loving the story so far. Um, I got through Fragile's chapter that okay. was about like how they blamed like the nuke bombing on her. Um, and then I'm on the chapter after that now. Uh, no, uh, I, I, okay. I went to World War One in the trenches. Okay. Uh, and that was crazy, um, but funny. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm kind of like a few bits after that now. Okay, um, cool. I'm, so you've so been dealing I'm, with like the, the, the Raider guys and all that stuff and you've got the guns oh, and all that shit. Yeah. I, yeah. And I've been, and I've been like kicking the BT's asses. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, like, I am not scared of them anymore. I drive my car straight through them, hop out, and shoot them. <laughs> See, that's, like, another, like so much of this game, like, when, when people talk about, like, Kojima wanted to make movies, but then they let him, so we made video games. Like, yeah. this game gets at that in such a good way, because, like, it has, like, cinematic-type arcs, like, in the sense of, like, 
in a movie, you might have like a, a horror fantasy movie where like for the first act of the movie, everyone's scared of the monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like they learn some secrets and get some skills. And then by act two, act three, they're like able to fight the monsters and there's new bigger problems. Right. Um, and this game follows that arc in a really clear, that kind of arc in a really clear way where like at the start of it, BTs are like the scariest thing you can think of. Like, they're invisible, they'll explode everything, they'll eat your brain, whatever. When they dragged me the first time, it was a nightmare. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. It's one of the scariest things that happened to me in a game. Because what happens is, if they if they really get a hold of you, then you get dragged through this... Like, all of a sudden, like, the black ocean appears on the landscape. You get dragged through the ocean. You know, you already know, I said this on the podcast, my deepest fear in games is underwater. Yes. It's like the water <laughs> levels in games. So this is just a nightmare for me whenever this happens, because all of a sudden black ocean appears and this whale just jumps out of the sky and starts like attacking you. Yeah, it's the craziest thing. But then like, you now you're now that's not even a worry because like you're strong enough to deal with all that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, bring me that whale. <laughs> so, so like, I'll call me Ahab, buddy. I'm looking I'm for some Moby dick. Uh, but the first time it was so scary and I was like, man, like this is I, I, you don't, I don't I don't really get scared by games that much, but there's something creepy about that. Well, I think um, what made this so effective um, is something that like not even like a, I mean, Resident Evil gets to this a little bit, but like most games don't even get at this idea that like it totally the game totally changes your like mechanics and uh, like literally like the range of possibilities for your character pretty often throughout the game. Yes. So it's like at the beginning, given everything you know about your character, this is like an inconceivable danger that you can't mm-hmm. possibly deal with. Um, right. But then enough changes that it becomes like a totally uh, viable thing. So it's a really clever way of making it. So at the beginning, it's super fucking scary because there's no way you can even imagine dealing with it because you have such limited options. And then by the time you have the options to deal with it, they're not scary anymore. And so it's not that they become less. It's that like you become more. And that's yes. like a really fun arc. And it works to be both scary and invigorating. And it's really fucking smart and really super duper fucking spooky. Yeah. And I'm just like, a, I just like... Uh the, the the story, the character performances are like a little pretentious, but amazing. Like uh, there was this quest where I, I reunited um, this this like uh, I guess this like girl and her like boyfriend or whatever. And they thought and like the boyfriend like thought she was dead for a long time. And like this small quest of just reuniting them. We like I got so emotional for some reason while I was playing it. I was like, damn, like this is just firing on all cylinders. Not to mention it's one of the prettiest games I've ever played. I mean, it like, looks awesome. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Um, oh, the last thing I wanted to say about this game before we move on to other games, because we do have a few other games we want to talk about, is um, Kojima has like that classic, like um, where he's known for his absurdist, almost like grade school humor at times, like elementary school humor. Yeah. Uh, and I always felt like something about that like was funny, but like didn't always work for me in the in the military um, uh, genre, but. Something about it in the uh, in this sort of dreary apocalypse, like the contrast of that, like like there's a quest where like you have to deliver a pizza. Yeah, Uh, that's incredible. You have to hold it the right way so the cheese doesn't slide off. Um, Like those like bits of humor, I feel like just work for me so much better uh, in this universe. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense, though, because you're just you start out as such a normal. I mean, normal guy, but like relatively normal guy and the problems are all sort of like manageable for that or like either huge or like they're all within like the range of that guy except for like the bt problem Mm -hmm. um and so it makes a lot more sense because like snake is like such a fucking dude who's doing such serious things yeah that like the jokes kind of feel like they're breaking the tension in a way that can be fun but also feels disjunctive whereas this all kind of feels grounded in like no one's a superhero in this game they're like all just people living their lives yeah. Um, and so I think the jokes feel a lot more grounded in like a reality, which obviously like that makes them funnier. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. I just like and also just humor feels like it's needed more in yes. this in this sad time in the sad landscape. So it just works for me more. But anyways, I'm fucking I'm so I'm going to beat the hell out of this game. And it has just the right level of um uh, of like addictive replayable quality that it might be one of those games like a fucking platinum or something like yeah. it's. It's crazy. Like I want to get five stars at every every outpost. It's it's really good. It's, it's pretty um, addictive and it's really fucking fun. And it's just like such good art. It's crazy. 
yeah, highly suggest uh, Kojima. We got your back. I, I know you don't have enough hardcore fans. Yeah, so me enough, and Lux are here. Not enough Kojima defenders out there. So like, we're here to you, protect. Yeah, good thing for us. <laughs> um, all right, so we're talking about other games. Uh, I've been just going deeper and deeper into my uh, strand of like weird niche titles from the early 2000s. Hell yeah. Um, and right now I'm playing a game, I think I mentioned the show before, called Impossible Creatures. Um, with the premise of which is that you can combine animals together to make super animals and you use them to make an army to fight a mad scientist who's doing the same thing, but I guess he's bad and you're good. Um, <laughs> hey, to, hey, to fight monsters, we created monsters, yeah, I guess. It's a real Pacific Rim situation. Um, um, did Pacific Rim come up with that quote or is that Pacific Rim like ape that quote from like a war? Is that, I think like that's a war quote. I mean, it's like, it's alluding to that Nietzsche quote, like, let he who wants yeah. monsters not become a monster himself or whatever. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's just like, maybe, maybe, uh, Del Toro just localized that quote. Yeah, classic localization <laughs> technique. Um, but the game fucking rules. There's like a real fucking joy. Um, and it's, it's cheap on good old games. If you have a, if you have a PC and if you have a Mac, you can get it with the porting kit really easily. Um, but it's just real fucking joy in like putting together, uh, like, to, like last night I was stuck on a level and I couldn't figure out how to beat it. And then I was like, you know what would get me through this? If I combined a crocodile with a chimpanzee. That's that's what I need. I need something that can throw rocks and swim around. Um, and so then that's you get to dude. do that. It's like it's a really fun creative. It's like a regular RTS, but like you can create units to fit specific needs in such mm-hmm. a way that like there's this extra puzzle layer to it. That's really fun. Um, it also is great because it looks like shit. It's like that double style file or double fine style animation, but like from two thousand one right. or like nineteen ninety nine or whatever. So like that's they crazy because they haven't you're quite like show shot that it down. to your kids and they're gonna be like, "What are animals?" Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah. When when I grew up in like the world is like basically the, the first chapter of uh, Death Stranding, and I'm like, "Look at this game! You can find a tiger and a grasshopper." And they're like, "I don't know what either of those things are." They're like, "They're like the last tiger got COVID in 2021 and died <laughs> yeah, and died at Joe Exotic's house." Um, <laughs> man, God, that show. Did you watch that show? No, I have no interest in true crime and all the worst types of people on Facebook liked it, which is always a red flag. Yeah, people's takes. The thing with that show, two things on that show, two real quick notes. One, people's takes on it are wild because it seems like everyone wants to pick a good guy out of that show. And it's very obvious that everyone in it is bad. Oh, yeah. And the other thing about it that's real fucking weird is that like, what's a good way to put this? Like they... I don't know. The show's not good. I don't think uh, after having right. watched it, it's like no, it, no true crime is that good. It's like I could read an airport novel. Yeah, but like, it has fucking- it has one key thing that like let me to, let me to finish it. And I think is working on other people, which is that like every eight to 12 minutes, someone says something totally insane. And you're like, right. oh, I got to hear them unpack this where it's like someone's like, yeah, so we used to keep all these. Uh, we used to use the Walmart truck to feed all the tigers. And uh, one day that's how I lost my legs. And you're like, whoa, wait, what? Got to hear about Hell this yeah. legs guy. Or it's like, and that's when she murdered her husband. And you're like, oh, I got to hear that. But then like right. the unpacking is always like pretty boring and stupid. And just when you're about to be like, get me out of here. I have no interest in this. It's like yeah. the next weird sentence happens. Um, uh-huh. And that's my take on Tiger King. I think it's just like they're, they had about 80 really funny sentences and spaced them out perfectly across seven episodes. I, I think um, I think Tiger King in a vacuum is is harmless, but it's like effect on the culture is ultimately negative, like a net negative. Probably. Um, probably. Because like it, <laughs> that's it's hard like to argue. The, with. It's like, yeah, because it's like the worst types of people are going to be talking about it like it's interesting for a while. And then the most hack comedians are going to be doing t- Joe Exotic like impressions like in the, and like you're going to hear the most hack Tiger King jokes like at stand up for the next six months. So it really it's just a plague on the culture. Yeah. One thing about it that's really annoying is that it like it's self-defeating in the sense that like one of the people they interview is clearly the guy they should make a documentary about. Like he's like a weird cult guy who has like six wives and a bajillion tigers. And he's like <laughs> and he's like rich and he like knows the undertaker and like to work at his like farm. You have to like join his weird cult. Yeah. Um, and that guy is like was too smart to like let them make a documentary about him because he's clearly doing crime so he was like no i'll talk to you sometimes like you're not getting behind the scenes shit um and then 
he, but then like he's in the thing. And it's like I don't care about this dumb show. I want to know about that guy. I want to know about Doc Antle's weird deal. He, how does he get so many wives? Like, what are we doing here? Uh, yeah. And instead, they're like, "What about this redneck who ran for president?" And it's like, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, and and don't they like fucking like uh, don't they like misgender someone in the show or something? Yeah, like they that? do. They do a bad job of handling uh, this one this one person's gender. I'm not like I haven't read enough not, on but, it, but like the, not to expect any of the fucking neo libs on my timeline to give a shit about that yeah no they 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 fuck that up um right well that's yeah they fuck that up they fuck a lot of this stuff up it's it's like i don't know it's hard to look at it and be like this is like a really rigorous interesting investigation it, yeah. it really feels like oh we were filming a documentary for five years and finally had enough stuff to just like jam together a netflix series right uh, it doesn't feel like they like went in with like a goal or like did like hard investigative work everything seems pretty surface level and googleable um, they just like yeah, put I it mean, all like, together. Yeah, this is like the product of like what five months? Like I don't know. Like of, well, of, no, they they good. shot for like years. They shot it for a while. Yeah. Well, I think my understanding is that they originally tried to do like a blackfish, but for tigers. Right. Um, and then they learned that like, oh, these people are all crazy. And so then they were like, now that's what it's about. Yeah, as opposed to the people who run SeaWorld who are low-key, mellow, nice people. <laughs> yeah, who love to chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could. I didn't want to deal with the um, the animal abuse either. Yeah, uh, it's, that part, that element is is fairly gross. They kind of steer away from it, which is nice. Exactly. No, that's the problem, is that they steer away from it. It's like, that's one of the biggest problems uh, it, in terms of like all the conflicts, in my opinion, I don't give a fuck about a human murdering a, another human as much as I care about like all these animals being abused. Right. What I mean is that like if the movie is going to show or whatever is mostly going to be about like these weird people, I don't want them to just have animal abuse like a throwaway element of the thing. Like if that's what the thing's yeah. about, that should be the main thing. But like isn't but that's so much of the setting. Yeah, totally. But it's just not the thing they talk about very much. And yeah, exactly. It, it, it's like the it's like the it's like the Hillary Hulu documentary where it's like they don't talk about anything that she did. They just talk about like how she's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we gotta watch that and talk about it. That's um, that's that, that, that's a separate that's a separate that's a separate, review, maybe. That's a separate thing. We'll do some another time. Um, I I've watched three out of four of the episodes, but I will platinum the Hulu Hillary series. Yeah, I gotta gird my loins and sit through that at some point. Um, it's gonna take um, gonna take a lot of girding though. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, all right. So what else? What else has been big on your end? Okay, so definitely not watching much television, um, but uh, I've been playing Animal Crossing, and we should both uh, yeah, let's, we should do an Animal Crossing update. Let's you know. talk about it. We're middle episode. Um, so uh, the difference between me and Lux right now is Lux is busier than ever because uh, his physical job location shut down, which makes him have more work. I have like no work at all and I'm unemployed. And I think it's just like two sides of the coin. Like neither is favorable. Um, but like, it sucks I'm for just both like, of us and it would be great if we could just average it out. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice to meet somewhere <laughs> in Goldilocks zone. Um, but, you know, I am thinking every day about how to pay my real rent. Uh, so like logging in and like having like owing like $400,000 to Nook to Tom Nook is like just not the vibe that I'm, <laughs> that I'm trying to do. Yeah, it's, like, just, it's not the world you're finna be in. <laughs> it sucks. And I guess one thing about Animal Crossing that people do like is that it, unlike our world, if you put enough time into Animal Crossing, you will make money. <laughs> um, and like be able to reap benefits with, and that's not that not, nothing about that experience exists in, in the real uh, working class world. Um, so I do get that, but I am just like bored of like owing rent. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm running into a different problem, in Animal Crossing. Um, so we'll get to that mind in a second, but like, yeah, it, it is kind of a bummer that like, I, I totally understand people who like want to escape in this world where like they can pay rent by like hitting rocks with a shovel or whatever. Um, but that, like, for me, it's the same kind of thing where it's like, I don't need to think about economics right now. I just want to make my spooky island. And that's where right. my problem comes into play, which is that I don't want anyone to come to my island because I need to make it spooky and empty. But that makes it very yes. hard to have things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm sort of stuck in a weird impasse. You have a weird thematic conflict. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of how to approach making my Wicker Man island. Um, mine, I'm uh, my my island is uh is is like a one track theme park where you I I've built fences so you can't move, and I take you down a path. Nice. Yes, you were saying you were telling me that you were doing that on on our on our Animal Crossing episode. Has is that working out okay? 
I mean, I, I've, I've like basically given up. I like, cause I, whenever I fucking log in, it's like, it feels like daily quests. Like it's just like run around and hit the four rocks. And I'm just like, ah, oh, like it just, it feels like homework. And I like want to, I want, I want to be designing more than I'm like doing these daily quests. So I'm behind my, my fence, my fence roller coaster ride has not, um, has not been finished. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of different ways to react, um, to quarantine, right? Like, and like the kind of art that you want while you're being quarantined. And I think mm-hmm. Animal Crossing appeals to a lot of people who want to like remember a world of like outsidiness and like yeah, interacting right. and doing stuff. Yeah. And there are others of <laughs> us, like I guess both of us, who are more like inclined to like explore the weirdness of like mi- mixed up fake science or like watch worlds fall apart or like try to like take a more active role than than Animal Crossing gives you, like in Death Stranding or like Impossible yeah. Creatures or Stronghold or something, like where you're trying to like maintain a society, or whatever. Um, and I think that some of us, like I see and I like, like to feel the stakes of like the desperation situation animal crossing just kind of is like, imagine your life. If nothing was a problem and it's like, well, too bad. Everything's a fucking problem. Like that's not a dissociation <laughs> I can really make right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's for like, uh, it's for people who like, uh, I mean, it's a great game. Don't yeah, get me wrong. It's, it's clearly just, really, really good at what it does. Yeah, it, it, it it's like incredible. And it's and it visually it's a splendor, especially on the handheld. It's one of the best games to be on the Nintendo Switch. Probably like top four, top four or five. Yeah, I mean, at it, least main titles. Like, yeah. not, like not in accounting like those like little indie nuggets. Right. Like, yeah. If you don't count any of my favorite games on the Switch. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's true. Like, it's really incredible what it does. And I think that in a world where like you're saying there were less obvious parallels to like the struggles of real life and like those struggles weren't so magnified. I think animal crossing would appeal to me and maybe to you a little bit more than it does. Um, but as it is, it's just like, I can't, I can't with it. Um, and, it and it might not even be fully animal crossing's fault. I may hop back into it in, in, in a few days, but like right now with death stranding and then, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Warzone. I've been playing a lot. Yeah, let's talk and, about Warzone because I played yeah. it a little bit yesterday using our new discovery of the screen share <laughs> feature on PS4. Yeah, it's pretty um, crazy. It's pretty you can wild share that I could just play Griffin's PlayStation uh, from Texas. Yeah, and, and and I am trying to think outside of what me and you want to do with that, like a use for that. But yeah, I can't think I mean, of streaming. One. Maybe um, we can mix it. <laughs> we can mix it up and do like, hey, Griffin's going to play a game and be good at. And I watch Lux do a terrible job. No, I get what we want to do with it. Uh, what we want to do with it makes sense. But I'm like, is there any other use for this feature other than like for streamers? Because basically what you can do is you can go to uh, if you start a P- PlayStation party with your friend, you can hit share play and just give them control of your screen. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. So I tried Warzone um, and I lived maybe 15 seconds <laughs> uh, it's because it's because i put my settings up too high it's 50 percent that it's also 50 percent that when you were like you should leave that guy's gonna shoot you i was like well let me just grab this grenade real yeah, quick and i was like and no i got shot <laughs> no. um because you were correct uh, and i'm bad at these games um <laughs> but like it's it's clearly i mean even in this brief time that i was able to play it like it looks sweet and it looks like if i were a person who liked those games i'd play that game for sure jesus christ a, f- a $500 GameStop bundle might be the only way to buy a Nintendo Switch right now. Oh, God. Well, yeah, everyone, it's, this is like one of those weird, this is like one of the weird things like quarantine. We can leave this in the episode for sure. Oh, is that like the things that are trending are trending so, the, the like sort of home oriented things that are trending are trending so much harder than usual. Like, Everyone knew there was the Switch in Animal Crossing way before coronavirus happened. But now that it happened, everyone's like, I must be part of this discussion that is internet. And like Tiger King's the same thing. I'm willing to bet that like Tiger King wouldn't be nearly the sensation it is if I was yeah. like allowed to go outside. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I don't want anything to do with that discussion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like uh, Warzone is pretty sweet. I, don't, I, I, you know me, I'm so, so in Battle Royale games. I play them for like a little bit, but I don't like it super into them. Yeah. You know, you've, like, uh, this one seems to have like grabbed your attention more than absolutely. Apex or, 100% has. or uh, Fortnite ever did. Yes. Um, like, I think it's fucking, inc- it's definitely the best Battle Royale I've ever played. Um, um, so what makes for- it better? Yeah. So you're talking to yes. me, someone who thinks all these games are dumb. 
<laughs> right. Explain to me why this one's good. I would say because um, there's there's equally like a layer of simplicity to like the the base um, mechanics of the game that um, that I appreciate because it's learnable as opposed to uh, how I feel about uh, a game like Fortnite that's constantly adding new mechanics and new features and new things to learn. And it's like it doesn't even look like the same game it did when it came out. And maybe that will still happen for Warzone. But right now, the base gameplay uh, is incredibly simple in a way that feels um like confident polished but masterable um, yeah, this game in a feels way like, that these other games don't yeah this game feels like way more like a skill check than the other two do like there's so much going on in apex legends and in fortnite that's yeah. so much like bonus stuff like can you build a house can you use your special right. skills in these weird ways blah 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 blah, blah. Yeah. whereas this is pretty straight up like can you run shoot hide and do tactics and it's but like then on top of that, it's like there's a second layer and that second layer is like all of the like the side quests that you can do. Right, You were telling me about this last night, but I don't fully understand it. So explain. Yeah. So there's <laughs> there's like all sorts of different types of side quests littered around the map. You want to get money because if you if you get lots of money, you can buy stuff like armor. Uh, you can buy back your dead friends. So if your friends like get shot and die, like you can like you can like you can like I've been I've revived like friends like three different times and they get to drop back in uh, just because I've been like flush with cash. So uh, cash is a big deal. And you want to like both be like getting lots of cash to like buy like UAV radars to see enemies, to get armor and to like bring people back in the game. And then you can do that also with getting these like these like quest so there's ones called bounties where all of a sudden like an enemy team is pinged on your map and you have to go hunt them down and kill them <laughs> sick uh that one's really fun because if you are being hunted like it's like shows up on your screen like you are being hunted by a team uh and and so that's a fun one uh there's one that's called recon where like you go to these certain spots and then it like it'll isolate where the next circle is gonna be on the map so you can like plan for that and like get closer to the inner circle. Uh, and there's another good one uh, that's just like, you have to just like find all these little treasure boxes on the map and it gets you lots of money. But basically if you're not like OP Twitch streamer, like I'm gonna just run in and like headshot everyone, but you feel like, oh, I need to like, I'm not as good at shooting. Well, you can like gear up and like get really powerful before you engage people by like doing all these like sneaky missions. Doing a side quest, get yourself a Gundam. Yeah, and <clears> on really top of that, the rolling. vehicles are, like, so sick. Uh, yeah, that seems cool. I was looking difference. at a little bit of footage of the vehicles. They seem pretty sweet. It seems fun to just drive them around and crash into stuff. Yeah, they're, they're sweet. But they're also very broken, but it's, like, a fun time to play when they're broken because, like, you can literally just, like, slightly run over someone and they just instantly die. Like, if you just, like, back up and, like, bump them with your car, like, whatever, like, the kill, the kill box of the cars, like, just, like, we'll just, just I've just ran over teams of three going, like, five miles per hour. Yes. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about because I'm scared of cars. Oh, so it's nice to imagine a video game that treats them as terrifyingly as I feel like they are. Oh. Yeah. So that was another big difference. It's like Apex and Fortnite. Like Fortnite sometimes has vehicles, I guess. But I mean, there's I that shopping know. cart. Yeah. But like this game, just like they have helicopters, different types of trucks. It's just like it's just like kind of like Battlefield. Um, but it's like I, I'm just I can't believe the game is free. Like I'm playing it and I'm just like, damn, like. This is one of the most polished games I've ever played, and I didn't pay anything for it. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's, I mean, that's like this cool new age of these sort of weird, uh, these kind of weird Battle Royale games. Um, is this like, they're free, but they have to be fucking sweet because they're all compared to Fortnite, which is a game that's like widely beloved. So any Battle Royale game that gets like any kind of mainstream hold has to have like some extreme juice in one way or another. Um that like a game that you'd pay $60 for maybe doesn't because it just has to like hit some beats. Um, right. Where like, if you wanted like a Diablo clone, you could pay $60 for a Diablo clone right now. And people would be like, yeah, that's fine. It's a Diablo clone. But with battle Royales, it's like Fortnite's fucking free. So like, why am I going right. to play anything else unless it's also free and better than that? Um, which creates yeah. an interesting and development. If you, love it, you just have to pay $10 to get like the battle pass. Right. Yeah. Like a drop in the bucket compared to how much a yeah, real game compared costs. to how much it's, I'll, I'll spend on Warhammer chaos born. Um, <laughs> because I want another Diablo. Clone. 
That's not even a game. No, that, no it's a Diablo clone I'd never heard of until I was Googling Vermintide to see how we could play it first stream. And this other Warhammer game I'd never heard of popped up. And they were like, this is real. No one bought it. You could have it. It's $50. Yeah. Um, uh, there's there's also there's this one other mode um, to Warzone that I think specifically makes it more fun to play constantly, even if you're bad at these games. Uh, and that's like um, the gulag. So when you die the first time, you get sent to a gulag. And in that gulag, you just go 1v1 against people. And if you win your 1v1, you get to go back in. So there's a lot of like second chances um, and, a, and a lot of like um, buybacks and like revives. So it, oftentimes it kind of just like sucks if you've just like played 20 minutes of a Fortnite game and you just get like punked and it's over. Yeah. Um, and, and I know there's buybacks in other games, but like the way they do buybacks, just the quickness with which you can get people back into the game back playing is like is very good. Um, but uh, speaking of streaming, we're going to be uh, streaming something. Um, I, will, I guess you guys will have missed this. It's coming out. Wait, is it coming out tomorrow? Um, this comes out tomorrow, which is okay, the same day we're streaming. If, so if you listen day of, you'll catch the next episode of the Troom Room one shot series. No, I'm talking about I mean, I'm talking about the Troom Room, but I'm also talking about Final Fantasy seven on Thursday. Oh, yeah. We're going to stream that, too. Man, we're streaming crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy Seven. I'm so fucking excited. Um, it's really, it's it's funny. The it's funny how excited I am, even though I didn't love the demo that much. You know what I mean? Like we yeah, talked yeah, about it yeah. on the Jeremy show, and I was like, yeah, it's fine. Like it's okay. Um, <clears> and then fucking just as it gets closer every day, I'm like, I just want it so fucking bad. <laughs> Yeah, my anticipate my like I would say like my like whatever like is running through my blood like all the anticipation about it like that thankfully only set in like two or three days ago like two or three days ago my brain just like like flipped and was like every day you're gonna think about this game now um and and, and thankfully it, it hasn't been like months of this or something like that's nice but um a new piece of information that i did not realize because i haven't really been paying attention is uh the guy who directed this remake is also the director of a little game called kingdom hearts oh boy right in your zone right in your zone it's, that's right in my key yeah. zone, baby. It's not exactly it's not right. Um, it's not right in my key zone. Um, that's in Johnny's that, key zone too. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. That's so funny. I wonder. I mean, we were talking about this that it had like a better version of the Kingdom Hearts three fighting Kingdom stuff Hearts. in yes. Like we were talking about that. Like that that's that makes a ton of sense to me. I guess. Yeah, it's Tetsu Nomura, uh, and I'm like, and it's like. They're basically like re-envisioning the story. Um, and but 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 it's perfect because in a lot of ways, like Tetsu Nomura like can go really, really like out there and really like just like all over the place. But like with the original anchor of the original Final Fantasy story, like he might be able to make something like cooler and more interesting without being like too bad shit. I don't know. Like it seems like that might be a good mix for him. Yeah. Um, I, I'm inclined to agree. He, he it, I, like we said, we talked about, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. That game drove me insane. Oh, uh, it was like way too much of shit. I didn't. <laughs> and, and it turned me into the it, Joker. Yeah, it like fully Jokerified everyone who played it. Um, but taking the sort of like, cause the one thing you can say about it is that like a lot of thought went into some aspects of it. <laughs> Um, and taking that degree of rigor and applying it to like a very small section of a huge game when you have like a pretty specific guideline seems fairly promising as far as like what we can expect. Um, and the demo, mm -hmm. like, like I said, my big problem with the demo is that it didn't show me as much of the shit I wanted to see, but like what it showed me worked great. Um, and so that's exciting. It's exciting to think that there's going to be this new huge, cool thing. It's exciting to, uh, to imagine like just how fucking wild it's going to get. And it's exciting to, uh, to be able to stream it and to be able to sort of like, this is like going to be a really interesting time. Sorry. This is like social theory brain, but like, this is gonna be a really interesting time where like a bunch of people, uh, are all going to be streaming and playing this huge iconic game at the same time. And no one's going to have anything else to do. Um, cause they're all trapped yeah. at home. Um, unless you're me and everyone suddenly has a million things you have to do because we don't have interns anymore. Um, but like, generally speaking, like 
everyone's going to have all this time to like be a part of this moment in the same way. I guess it happened with Animal Crossing to an extent, but Animal Crossing wasn't really anticipated in quite the same way broadly, I don't think. Um, I think that people who love it love it the same way, but I think that Final Fantasy VII is like iconic in like a much bigger way. Yeah, but it's going to really separate the, uh, the, 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 the babies from the gamers, uh, I think. Um, wh- wh- who will still be playing Animal Crossing? Uh, when Final Fantasy VII comes out. Yeah, I'll tell you someone who won't be. It's me, because I need to think through my Animal Crossing <laughs> strategy, and I'm going to mainline Final Fantasy VII. Um, yeah. Uh, like, I was watching some videos of the, just the animations in the game. Like, I, I think it's going to be, like, one of those games that, like, I don't know, like, really, just, just like, makes your PS4 explode. Like, yeah, I mean, it's another hundred gig, John. And, and I love oh. that if you buy a physical version, it's two Blu-rays. Yeah, uh, actually, it's funny. So we're going to be I, I think it's not like a, I think it's not a spoiler. I mean, it's a spoiler, but it doesn't fucking matter to say that next week we're going to have Jared Bauer back on the show to talk about Final Fantasy VII because he's a fucking freak for it. Oh, um, yeah. He like I still Griffin, he like doesn't like he will neglect to answer work messages for 15, 20 minutes. But the second I was like, want to talk about Final Fantasy VII on Game Boys, he was like, fucking yes, instantly. Um, but he was, I was telling him, I was like, man, you can just download it. So you don't have to go out and get it. And he was like, nah, I'm going to Best Buy. I don't care if I do this curbside thing. I want to have that bad boy on the shelf. Like I want those two Blu-rays. That make that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, for like God, a hardcore yeah. fan, like it's a thing you'd want. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But I just, for me though, like I want to play it at nine o'clock on Thursday. Like that's what I want. Yeah. I mean. I also do. I'm uh, going to, yeah, I'm upset. I'm going to try and, and do that. Well, nine o'clock your time might be viable for me, uh, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, definitely the fucking Friday. It's on though. It's going to be on heavily. Oh, oh hell yeah. Um, because yeah, nine o'clock sure. your time is 11 o'clock my time. And the PS4 is in the same room where I sleep. Um, ah. So, uh, so yeah, it's a, I believe in you buy some gamer fuel. <laughs> fucking just oh, what's the new just mountain dew kickstart non-stop mountain dew kickstart iv straight to my blood get it get a mountain dew kickstart and mix it with a bang bang um bang. yeah but either way that friday we're gonna be going hard on it um we'll probably play some on thursday wednesday we're doing the Tomb room uh one shot stream and i'll i'll tease that too we're gonna be doing an escape from an alien invasion no that's wrong an escape from an alien abduction um, which is going to be very exciting and fun with some old, I'm sure people have been on the podcast before or maybe will be in the future. Um, but yeah, is there anything else that you've been up to that's particularly good to talk about? I'm pretty much covered my shit. I've been watching Tiger King, uh, watching wrestling and playing a video game where I make crocodile monkeys. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to say was uh, I played a little bit of uh, wow retail. That's like the current wow, not the classic uh-huh. wow. Um, just to, just to check it out, just to see what all those freaks are doing. Um, and, uh, it was so funny cause Blizzard has, um, turned the XP rate to double for the extent of the virus. Whoa. Um, and they've already made leveling so quick now, um, in retail that like get, getting from like level one to like level 60 takes a couple hours. <laughs> um, that's crazy. <laughs> It's it's that's wild. really crazy because um, I mean we were talking this when it was happening but like fucking all the people going nuts about um like reaching level sixty uh is was crazy that was such a fun weird thing that was happening and now it's like all happened in the span of twenty seconds. Are you talking about when classic yeah, first came yeah. out? Well, yeah, because that's because classic is an actual challenge. That's like an actual mountain to summit, like to get level sixty there. Retail, they've juiced it all up. Oh, okay, it's all easy. It's like now. Diablo. It's like Diablo. Uh, like Diablo. Uh, Diablo three. When you play, when you play, well, yeah, online. I mean, well, it's just yeah, it's retail versus classic. It's way different. Yeah, I guess I don't know all of the 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 tricks, but that makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, classic is just like 2004. Like, it takes like eight or nine days of like full play time to like hit level 60. Whereas, like in in retail, all the zones have been remade through the expansion packs. All the quests, all the zones are different. 
they're all on like easy mode with like directions and how to finish them. Some of the quest lines are actually fun though. That's wh- that's why it's retail is worth playing because all of these old zones, well, they kind of like redid the stories with like actual cool shit and like characters and like um so it's actually fun to like i'm replaying zones for the, like the first time with the retail version and, and seeing the stories and in, in like much more higher production value so that that's why it's fun to revisit like the leveling and the quests are not challenging at all but if you like blizzard lore i uh, i highly suggest checking it I mean, out i just replayed diablo 3 because i like the lore um yeah man i forgot how dumb that game is <laughs> It's so fun, but the story's so fucking crazy. It's like... I think any game with demons is dumb. Yeah, I just like... So, there's two versions of that, right? Like, there's, like, like sort of deistic versions of that, where there's, like, a god, and there's, like, some long, like, standing war thing, but, like, there is, like, a theological conceit, sort of, that, like, god exists, and these demons and angels are doing something for some reason. Um, Let me tell you this. Diablo falls in the other camp, which I like to call anime theology, which is where there are devils, there are angels, there's no God and no real reason why any of this is happening. Um, (laughs) And it is awesome. Um, I love it so, so, so much. Um, So the angels are just like, yeah, we are the gods. So angels, angels are the gods. No, the angels are like manifestations of like good ideas and the demons are manifestations of bad ideas. Like, you know, your angels are like the Lord of wisdom, the Lord of valor, the Lord of justice. <laughs> and then the demons are like, Lord of hate, Lord of sin, Lord of destruction. Um, and they just like have an ever ending war. And like, sometimes that affects earth in some ways, but it's like, there's no real meaningful theology there, like meaningful, like universe picture that they're painting. It's all just like gibberish sure. nonsense and it fucking rules. I love it so much. Hell yeah. Um, That's good. That's good. It's best to stay away from uh, trying to fix the Bible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of my here's a a point of recommendation if people like to read books. A book that I really enjoy is a book called Terrain in Hell by Stephen Brust, which takes the the fall of of Lucifer and makes it into an epic fantasy, i.e. Lord of the Rings. Um, And that's really fun. That's a good way to fix the Bible. Um, but trying to like make it into a video game, like so many things have is so fucking silly and weird. And I love when they just are like, you know, what's cool demons, you know what demons go with angels. Does it have to make sense? No. Like it just yeah. like, we like the imagery. We like the spooky element of like demons and bones. Now here is a game where you chop stuff. Perfect. Um, all right. Uh, I think that's probably gonna do it for this week. Cause, uh, we, we talked for almost an hour about basically nothing. Um, but uh, that rules. Um, is there anything you want to plug? It's not, I mean, twitch.tv slash Choom Room. That's where you're going to be at. Yeah. I'll be there sometimes the too. The Choom Room. I'm there. We're doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but we end up finding some random shit to do on Tuesdays and Thursdays and the weekend too a lot of the time. We're not doing anything. So the Choom Room, we're active. We got like 130 followers right now. We got some good, decent growth. But having some technical difficulties. Don't worry. I'll figure those out. Um, and yeah, check it and give us a follow. Yeah. Um, that's a good thing to check out. Wisecrack is still operational. So check out all the Wisecrack videos that are coming out. Um, PWR is still down because we can't wrestle while there's a disease. Um, but that's going to be it for this week. My name is Lux. I'm your host, your co-host Griffin Davis. Your guest is, was going to be Rory, but he's not here today. Your editor producer is Haley Clement, <laughs> who, by the way, you can check out at, uh, eat every sound on YouTube, uh, and on Instagram. They're awesome. Uh, so check her out. She's the best. And your art is by Brittany Metz. Your international music is by Matthew Morton. Thank you, internet. We love you very much. Bye. <laughs> um, all right. Dope. <laughs>